Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. We live in divided times. That has been said ad nauseum for weeks, if not months, if not years. Red and blue, east and west, coastal and heartland, haves and have-nots, and most importantly, Starkville and Oxford, <laughs> especially this week. When I was living and working in Washington, D.C., there was a Mexican restaurant near the office building where I worked, and um, me being me and thinking with my stomach, I heard that it was a good restaurant, and so I said to my colleagues one day, let's go there for lunch, and my colleague uh, put his arm around me and pulled me aside and said, we don't go to that restaurant, they go to that restaurant. So I said, oh, I will go to the correct restaurant then. In such times, I find it is our tendency as humans to choose a side and to declare who is right and who is wrong. We can do a very good job pointing out our fault and assigning correctness. Our society can seem almost obsessed with dividing the in from the out, the right from the wrong, the accepted from the shunned. Now, allow me to cover my homiletical posterior for a moment. Judgment and justice is healthy and necessary for the ordering of a common life. Defining boundaries is good. Ask any parent. No, do not touch daddy's hot coffee. No, do not put that thing in your mouth that just fell on the floor. Please don't throw dinosaurs at your sister. And so on. But as Christians, we are called to tread very carefully and conscientiously in the realm of naming right and wrong. That is not to say we should never do so. Sin and injustice are far too rampant. But we are also called to point out and combat those elements. But also, perhaps at times, we at the church, especially those of us in these funny-looking clothes, have done a bit too much pointing and too little reflecting. The church for centuries has done a very good job of pointing out who is wrong, and not nearly as good of a job figuring out why they are wrong. And in that vein, it would be easy for us to interpret today's gospel as simply about who is right and who is wrong. Jesus tells his friends about a farmer who tills a field of wheat. 
and among the wheat grow some weeds. But these are not ordinary weeds, obvious interlopers, clearly differentiated and easily extracted from the desired plants. Instead, these weeds are crafty little buggers who mimic the wheat and whose roots are so intertwined that to pull out the weed would result in the removal of wheat as well. So the separation of wheat and weed has to wait until the very end of the harvest, and only then can the two be separated. And I believe these weeds and wheat are inseparable and indistinguishable for a reason. For just as the farmer, despite his skill and savvy, cannot tell the difference between crop and carrion, we can't always tell the difference between right and wrong. That which is so unquestionably right one day might actually be wrong. And that which is utterly wrong today may in the end be right. And sometimes the proverbial crops that we encounter in our lives might be both wheat and weed, so intertwined that the two cannot be separated regardless of our best efforts. And we too, as people made in the image of God, are also meant to live in unity, not divided into our various camps and conclaves. I find it intriguing that we read this morning from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. For the church in Rome at the time of Paul's letter was also divided specifically between those who had converted from Christ to Christianity from Judaism and those who had converted to Christianity from another religion. And I wish we had read more, because later in this chapter is one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in his Christ Jesus, our Lord. We cannot be separated from the love of God, and we should not be separated from each other. These separations are not how we are supposed to live. So we as Christians are called to be a bit more humble and trust in the sovereignty of God and God alone. We must recognize that while some situations will be binary enough to determine the correct course of actions, many will be very gray. We must approach the challenges of the world today, tomorrow, and a century from now through prayer and humility, trying our best but trusting in God, hoping that we are doing good but knowing that we could be wrong or right. For God is the only one who can ultimately decide who is wheat and who is weed and who is right and who is wrong. When I served a parish in Memphis, I took North Parkway every morning to get to work. North Parkway is also known as North Speedway, a nickname that a couple of Memphis's finest reminded me on more than one occasion. And North Parkway is an interesting street. Uh, Rhodes College, a very beautiful campus, is on it. The zoo backs up onto North, uh, onto North Parkway. Um, there are some lovely homes, but there are also some homes that have been abandoned or are much, unfortunately, less lovely. 
And there's this enormous warehouse of a building that apparently used to be a Sears distribution center and now sits vacant and enormous eyesore. And in the midst of all of this diversity, there's this very strange looking building, a building that looks like someone tried to build a bridge, but then stopped about a third of the way through. And that is on purpose because it houses an organization called, creatively, Bridges, a nonprofit designed to help to bring people together, especially children. And one morning when I was driving to work, I saw a group of young people walking along the street, which was not entirely out of character. But then as I got closer, I noticed that half of them were wearing blindfolds. They were on a trust walk. A trust walk, as you may know, is an exercise when one person leads a blindfolded person through unfamiliar or rough terrain. And the exercise teaches the unblindfolded to be a good leader and to give clear uh, direction. But the real lesson comes when you take uh, put on the blindfold yourself. Because then you have to absolutely trust your partner and give up any sense that you can do it all by yourself. I would love to take some of the names we find in our newspapers and take them on a trust walk. They might learn a thing or two. A former bishop of mine, Ted Gulick, preaching on this same gospel said, all of us are both wheat and weed. We don't have the clarity to mow each other down, but we do have the grace an unconditional love of Christ to help us bear with one another. As we continue to live in this world, I pray that it be a little less divided, a little less angry. And may we also pray for trust, trust in the goodness of others, trust in the validity of others, and trust that God will be present and God will work all of this out in God's time. Amen.